Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Steaks, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell Coast to Coast. Oh, yeah, it is Keith Rosari with you on Coast to Coast. Mafia's here, Carver High, and Ty as well. Let's talk to Mafia. Uh, before we get into some boxing and some MMA, I want to know, uh, what is the final uh, menu at the Ciano household for Thanksgiving? What are we eating? Oh, you know what? Honestly, I, I'm not even sure. We're going to the in-laws, just keeping it with just them and us, the four of us, so... I think I know my wife is making uh, her sausage stuffing. Uh, there's going to be some turkey they got on uh, on Sunday. Other than that, it's up in the air. Probably some green beans, probably some mashed potatoes. But I, all the ladies are in charge of that this time. I just sat back. I'll bring my uh, my scotch and my bourbon. That's all I need. That's all you need. I like it. It's a very intelligent move by you. All right, let's get into UFC Fight Night. Blades and Lewis, how do you see it playing out? This one's very interesting. You know, it's kind of unfortunate the way I think it's going to play out because I love watching Derek Lewis. The Black Beast is one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC, not just with the way he fights with his knockout power and but, you know, his post-fight interviews are legendary. The things he says, you know, from the uh, my blanker hot after he got the last-minute win in the uh, the Volkov fight to, you know, the one where he was doing the interview with Cormier that they put out recently where they, he's talking about how uh, he was mad at Cormier because he just Popeyes and actually ended up getting him like a Popeye sponsorship. So you know, he's one of the more entertaining guys in the UFC, but unfortunately he's going against Curtis Blades, who he should beat on the feet. But that's not the way Blades going to fight. We saw that in the last fight. Blades fighting Volkov. He's number two right now, sitting not behind Naganu as the next up in the line for a title shot. He's going to take him down. He knows that Lewis has great power. And just like he did against Volkov, he's going to sit there for five rounds and try to put him on his back because that's where Lewis has had problems with people. And I think that Blades is going to win this fight. He's a minus 370 favorite on FanDuel. So not exactly the sexiest way to win. If you want to drop your odds a little bit, you know, you can try to go with, uh, I think he's going to go over the one and a half at minus 192. Still not great. I think it's going to, it might go the distance of plus 205. If you want to take a little extra, you know, uh, cash on that. But I think that the safer bet is definitely the double chance with Blades at KO, TKO or points at minus 190. I think it's probably going to go points. I think Blades is going to kind of, you know, just, wait it out and take it down and smother him like he did against Volkov. And we have a good chance to go all the way, but 
but there is no guarantee of that because Blaze does have some knockouts on the ground, so that's the way that goes. I'm also going to pick the, the co-main event there, Anthony Smith, Devin Clark. This is an interesting one. You know, you, you got me a year ago, I would have said that Anthony Smith was going to win this going away. I thought he was, you know, a great fighter. You know, he'd gone five rounds with John Jones last the whole way. He went and choked out. Uh, Gustafson, he looked great doing it. So, you know, he was on his way back to possible title shot. Then he had the fight against the this summer where he was winning early on and then gassed himself out. And the beat him so badly. He was spitting teeth in between rounds. Then he came back very quickly against Rakic and, you know, thought, okay, well, maybe he'll bounce back against this guy. And he just got smothered, just like I was just talking about Blaze doing. That's what Rakic did to him the whole fight in their fight uh, just a couple months ago. And that's kind of where I see this going. I think that Devin Clark knows that Smith has some power in those fists. You know, he's a guy that loves to go to decisions. All six of his UFC wins have been by decision. So I think Devin Clark's going to look at that ray kick win against Smith and say, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. Why would I do anything differently? He's going to smother him, get him in the clinch, try to get him on the ground, and just win on points. So will it go the distance? Is minus 102? Yes. Clark is plus 108. You can go, uh, you know, the over two and a half rounds if you want. You can go how will it lend? Will be points at minus 115. All those I like in that fight that I think Clark is just going to, uh, you know, gas Smith out and just make it a boring fight. It's unfortunate. I think the top two fights in this card, even though they should be good, are going to be pretty damn boring. Mop, take me back to Curtis Blades and, and, and what's going on with him and John Jones? Well, we know that John Jones' vacated lightweight title is allegedly moving up to heavyweight. We still haven't gotten an opponent for him. We still haven't, you know, gotten him, you know, ready for a fight. But Blades tell him, listen, man, I'm not sure that you're coming up here because I haven't seen anything for you to, to prove that you are. But if you are, it's a whole different game up here. And he's right. We talked about that. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're going to get problems with John Jones. Want to welcome in our radio audiences as we are discussing boxing, MMA, and what's going on this upcoming weekend. I am Keith Irizarry. Mafia, Mafia is with me as well. All right, let's get into some former UFC fighters. Ian McCall, Dean Lister. They were on Real Sports, and let's just put it this way. They got real. They did. You know, this was a great segment. It started off the show the other night. And it wasn't just them. There was a lot of other guys. There was Kerry Rose, the former Jet, was involved in it. They also had uh, Daniel Carcillo was the guy they started with, the former NHL player, you know, the, the fighter, the brawler, the tough guy. And all these guys, like many former athletes, especially in combat sports or full contact sports, have had their issues you know, with head injuries, with you know their personality pretty much changing after all the injuries that they've taken. And they're talking about how they're using psychedelic drugs, not just marijuana, but now they're using you know mushrooms, LSD, all the, you know, these psychopharmaceuticals in controlled settings to, you know, in their mind, fix what was wrong with them. And a lot of these guys, Carcillo talked about all the different things that he went to, the lengths, the, the, you know, the different treatments, the different pills, the different, you know, psychologists. And this is the first time that now, you know, he's kind of got back to himself. And they showed, as we said, Ian McCall and Dean Lister, former UFC fighters, doing the same kind of thing where uh, Dean Lister was doing like 20 beers a day plus Oxycontin. And then he went through, you know, a, a little trip there in a controlled setting under guided supervision. And since then, Hasn't picked up a single beer. You know, he feel like he, he thought that he was dying at one point, and I guess in a good way, it made him take stock of his life and it's completely changed him in the last six months. It's good to see that there are some changes. Before I let you go, Moff, we got to bring back a little callback to Mike Tyson, right? We were talking about him mm -hmm. yesterday and these lame rules yeah. for this exhibition. And, and I said, I thought he was going to knock Roy Jones out. Sounds like that's what he wants to do. That's what his coach says. He says that he's going to go take him out. He doesn't care what the rules say. He doesn't care that they're not supposed to. He's like, you know, you're not going to train for months and months to go, you know, play patty cake with this guy, basically. He's saying, you know, he's sparring to fight. He's not coming in there to just put on a show for people. He wants to fight. He wants to show that he's, you know, still somewhat of the Mike Tyson that we knew and loved. And that apparently is what he's going to go for. We'll see if they let it hold up. It might end up a lot earlier than we planned. 
I, I totally view it like this. If you're getting in the ring, you're going to fight, go for the knockout. Why not? More next. Coast to coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Happy Thanksgiving week. It is Keith Irizarry with you on Coast to Coast. Mafia, Carver High, Ty, all in the house as we continue breaking down the upcoming week of the NFL. We told you what we think about the Thursday night games. We told you what we think about the early games on Sunday, Carver High. Let's dive into those later games on Sunday. Yes, we do have the 4 o'clock Eastern games. Uh, Let's start, Keith, with the Saints and the Broncos. Now you have Taysom Hill going on the road, uh, minus five-and-a-half-point favorites. Denver showed up at home last week against Miami. At least that defense did. Do the Saints keep it rolling with Hill at quarterback out in mile high? My gut tells me yes. I don't think there's enough tape yet on Taysom Hill. You got the one game against the Atlanta Falcons so far, and then just spot duty in his career. I think that Denver will still have some issues against Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill will still put up some numbers. I think Taysom Hill will probably get Alvin Kamara a little bit more involved in the offense this week. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, we are being told that Taysom Hill is not going to be allowed to be used as a tight end anymore. So that cheat code <laughs> goes bye-bye, and that's a shame because it got a lot of people some wins and a lot of people angry uh, this past week. But that being said, I like New Orleans. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, I- I'm with you. I-, I think that they'll be able to run the football. Uh, Denver isn't a team week to week that I can consistently get behind. We've seen it. Saints are a better team. Peyton will have a good game plan with Hill at quarterback. And uh, I think that they will take care of business. I actually kind of like the over in that game, too. I'm a really, I, don't, I like every over, Keith, let's be fair. But I really love the over 43 and a half in that game. <laughs> well, you like points being scored, and I'm with you. I like, all right. So I've always said this. You know, we haven't had this conversation, but from a, from a gambling standpoint, I never understand the rooting for the under. I mean, obviously I know if you, if you pick it, whatever, now you're rooting for it, but the, I don't want to pick unders because then I'm bored with the football game. I want the over. I, I want to go over and by like third quarter or early fourth quarter already know I cashed in and let's have more fireworks. No, exactly. I, it's hard for me, even though there's games that I know, like I should be playing the under here. I just can't do it. I cannot sit there and root for teams 
not to score. It's unless I <laughs> there's a couple instances I have, but it's hard for me to do that. Next game for you. Rams off of a big win against the Bucks on Monday night. They go home. 49ers come to them. Seven point favorites for the Rams. Total 45 and a half. Ooh, see, see, this is where old school would say Niners, maybe they're going to be a little bit healthier, but I don't trust Nick Mullins. I, I don't trust this Niners team in general. I think the Rams are hitting their stride right now. Uh, Jared Goff looked awesome. We talked about it on Monday a lot. He looked really, really good. I mean, he still made a few mistakes, but he looked really good. When you've got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup doing what they're doing, I don't know how the Niners are able to stop that as as a portion of the offense. And, and I think the Rams will be able to run a little bit better. I like the LA Rams a lot. I think they're, uh, like I say, and I, I don't want to beat the beat it, beat it in, but listen, they're hitting their stride. And when you hit your stride at the right time and at this point of the season, let's go Rams. Big one and the feature game, at least for Sunday afternoon, 425 p.m. Eastern. The Chiefs and the Bucks. Uh, we talked about the Ram big win. That was at the expense of Tampa Bay on Monday night. The Chiefs off of the win in Vegas against the Raiders. Another road favorite here. Minus three and a half for the Chiefs. Mahomes versus Brady Keith should be fun. You know, fun is a great word for Patrick Mahomes is playing some of the best football that he has played when you really break it down, right? Uh, he's just not making mistakes. I know he had an interception last week, but in general, he's not making mistakes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked really good last week. Le'Veon Bell caught a touchdown. Uh, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey is putting up, you know, Hall of Fame type of numbers. And then on the Buccaneers side of things, Carver, how do you think bounces back from another lack of performance and then his quarterback kind of, his coach kind of throwing him under the bus? Like, how do you view this with him bouncing back from that? It's a very interesting situation. And it, I don't think it's something that you really want to do uh, with Tom Brady. I think that Tom doesn't like uh, when you publicly take shots at him. He probably prefers to keep that stuff, uh, you know, away uh, from the media. So I think that Tom might come out, uh, you want to say a little angry this week, Keith? Maybe we might get a little little feistier Tom Brady against the Chiefs. Uh, we know that he's had some good battles with Mahomes the last couple of years between the Patriots and the Chiefs. So uh, I think that this should be fun. I think that Brady will play well, and I think it'll be a uh, another high-scoring game. How much do you think Tom Brady is wishing Bill Belichick was still his head coach? Let's be honest. Like if we gave him truth <laughs> theorem. Um, I don't know, because I think that part of the reason why we're seeing this is because Tom wanted to prove something away from Bill. And I get it with Arians. Arians is a straight shooter. He kind of puts it out there, as we've seen uh, this week. But I think that Tom wanted this challenge of trying to do it without Belichick. That's what I think, Keith. You know, at what point, you know, if I'm Tom Brady and, and I'm not, I don't want to be this dude, but at what point do you just look at Bruce Arians and like throw the rings on the table and say like, shut up and, and, and let me do my thing. I'll follow your lead to an extent, but I am Tom Brady and I know that I'm 43, but I am Tom Brady and I I've won, you know, a handful, more than a handful. More than a handful of games. I know where Keith was going there uh, with that one. And uh, I do agree with him. I agree with him 100%. Uh, you won so much, you don't want to have to take that scrutiny. 
uh, and we'll see if the Bucks can keep it going. Uh, this, uh, you know, for the Chiefs, I should say, to keep it going. We do have Keith back now. Keith, you were saying about the game. Yeah, I just kind of feel like if I'm Tom Brady right now, I'm saying, you know, like, let me show you my rings, right? And and Bruce, maybe you should follow my lead a little bit and let me run the offense a little bit more the way I want to run it and the way that I've been so successful in the past. With all of that, Chiefs win this game. Finally, we have the Sunday night game, and I always love, they love uh, forcing this one down everybody's throat, Keith. The Bears and the Packers, every year you have to get at least one primetime game between the Bears and the Packers. Here we go, minus eight and a half at Lambeau as the Bears come to town. But David Montgomery is back. That does nothing (laughs) for me with Chicago. Uh, Bears don't even know who their quarterback's going to be, whether it's Foles or Trubisky or you know, Carver High might be playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Allen Robinson's been a little nicked up, but he'll play. Um, Darnell Moody's a, a nice young wide receiver. Anthony Miller. Yeah, this is all about Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay. This is all about, you want to talk about like saucy or, or testy or feisty. Aaron Rodgers is going to be feisty after losing that 14-point advantage he had at halftime going into overtime and losing. And this isn't on MVS. This was not on Valdez Scantling for losing that game. Yes, he had the fumble in overtime that stunk. That's a shame. You don't want to see it. But that team just fell by the way they side the entire second half against a Colts defense that honestly just imposed their will and was a little bit too good for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to come out soaring. I think Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what the uh, what, what the prop is on his passing, but he'll go over 300 yards this week. He'll throw three touchdowns, and, and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers will win. They will cover. It's amazing, Keith, how this Bears season uh, has really just – you know, the downslide after the five and one start, uh, which was kind of smoke and mirrors. I get it. But now here we are. They still can't figure out the offense. Uh, I guess there's a possibility. Who knows who's going to play? Uh, could we see Tyler Bray this week uh, at Lambeau Field? Uh, a really tough scene. And, and I think Nagy stinks as a coach. I know that everybody blames the quarterbacks. I think Nagy's awful, Keith. He's bad. He he makes really weird decisions, like in-game decisions are just bad. I don't know if he knows how to use his own talent. Uh, the Bears are trending in the wrong direction. Uh, they need to figure this out. We all knew. You said it's smoke and mirrors. This was smoke and mirrors earlier. They've fallen back to the pack. Uh, they will not end up making a playoff run. But I, I think this game is a lot more important for Green Bay than we want to believe because Green Bay needs to kind of almost prove to themselves, too, that for real, they are a Super Bowl contender, not just a team that will make the postseason and maybe win a game or two. Coast to coast, I am Keith Arizari. We will be right back. Keep it locked right here. Bagels and bad beats. The problem, though, with Tom Brady, he's more than willing to cross that field to shake hands when he wins, but now we've seen twice where he's lost and he's refused to shake hands. The Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Pharrell, coast to coast, Carver High here with you. And we get ready for the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. We have to get involved with some college football. We had the first college football playoff rankings last night. We bring in now our own Joe Lisi, of course, college football today on Saturday mornings right here on SportsGrid. Uh, Joe, good afternoon. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, buddy. Uh, Carver, happy to be here. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Scott, Mafia, the crew, we're kicking it. We have turkey. We have football, college, and pro. Doesn't get better than this, Carver. My favorite time of the year. I love this time for college football. So last night you get the first rankings, Joe. Let's start with that. Uh, Instead of the stuff we'll complain about, and there's plenty of it when you get into (laughs) BYU and Georgia being in the top 10 and things like that, let's start with the top. Did you think that the top four that they have, or really the top six, you could say, having Bama, then Notre Dame, Clemson ahead of Ohio State with Texas A&M and Florida sitting right there behind them at five and six, did they do a nice job in the top part of that ranking? I think they did. The usual suspects, right? I mean, the top team, Alabama, I think up until this point right here, week number 13, Nick Saban, Mac Jones, and that team just keep on rolling, especially after they dismantled what I thought was a pretty solid defense in Kentucky last week, 63-3. to I have no problem with Clemson ahead of Ohio State. After Ohio State was exposed last week at home by Michael Penix, 300 yards through the air, big chunk plays against that secondary. I said it all day, and I'll say it again. If if Clemson or Alabama or even possibly Notre Dame played Ohio State today, Saturday, I think there's a good possibility they might win that matchup. Did not like the way the Buckeyes matched up against the Hoosiers on Saturday, and they're going to need to buckle that up if they're going to make a run in the college football playoff. Hey, Joe, it is Keith Rosario. I'm back. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Technical difficulties, the best. And uh, so, when you look past that topic, I kind of run through the the gamut. Um, I like Cincinnati being there at seven. When you from a of a, a, a power, uh, and we will well, get I, Keith uh, cleaned up. He's having a little bit of technical difficulties right there. Joe, I think I know where Keith was going. Cincinnati being slotted at number seven. Little respect from the committee. It seems like they like the way they've played and gives them a little bit of a door opening here that if a bunch of these teams do slip up, maybe the Bearcats can kind of sneak their way in through the back door. 
Agreed, Carver. I think that victory on the road against UCF last week showed me something. It showed resolve, the ability to win in a tough environment against a high-powered offense that, quite honestly, was putting up 600 total yards entering that matchup with Dylan Gabriel. They fell behind 14-3, to but found a way to adjust, and in the second half, they shut down the Central Knights and were, were able to grind out that victory. Now, you know, from a defensive perspective, I think they were exposed to a degree, but that was still a solid road effort. Have two road games against Temple and Tulsa. And if Cincinnati's undefeated and some of these teams, like we mentioned, Alabama with the Iron Bowl, possibly Notre Dame, Ohio State, if those teams slip up, I think there is the potential for Cincinnati to creep in the back door for the college football playoffs. So number seven is a, is a solid ranking for the Bearcats heading into week number 13. So a solid ranking, Joe, for the Bearcats as a non-Power 5 team. On the other side of the coin, we don't have as good a ranking for BYU. The committee puts them at 14. They clearly said the schedule stinks, which we've talked about a lot here over the last few weeks. They even cited that Boise State didn't have their quarterback. The coach then says the quarterback doesn't play defense. (laughs) Around and around they go, Joe, but facts are facts. They probably shouldn't be in the mix, but I do have a problem that they have two lost teams like Georgia, like Oklahoma, like Ohio State, teams that have no business being anywhere near a college football playoff ahead of them. Your thoughts of where the committee put BYU, Joe? Yeah, I, again, I understand why they put BYU back there in terms of number 14. I agree with you. The schedule was a little bit soft. Quality wins against Boise and, and Houston. Dana Holgerson has not coached that team up. Last week, they played North Alabama. I will say this about BYU. In my opinion, if BYU played Cincinnati this weekend, I would give the inside edge to Zach Wilson and the Cougars. Now, that being said, you mentioned the two other teams that they put ahead, Oklahoma and Georgia, with two losses. Now, Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler's playing as well as anybody, but I still go to the early part of the season where they lost both of those games. I cannot put them into the top 10. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. It's a body of work, what you do from the start of the season to the end. And I'm a Georgia fan, and I'll say it like this. They are a mediocre, average football team. They they have defensive weaknesses that could be exposed. Now JT Daniels is the starter, but this is not an elite offense that could play any style game. And you look at that matchup, uh, the way they were abused uh, against uh, Alabama and Florida, no way. No way should Georgia be in the top 10, Carver. Yeah, I don't understand it, Joe. And eventually it comes down to this. Like, do these do these guys and girls that are in the room, do they watch the games? Like, let, let's be fair here. Like, I, I know that they love the SEC. They they love it. And are, are they trying to set up so that if Florida beats Alabama, they can justify having two teams again in the SEC in the college football playoff? Because you're right. Georgia was manhandled in both of those games against Bama and Florida. They have no business being near anybody. Uh, and same thing with Oklahoma State, with Oklahoma and Iowa State. Does this committee just, they never give it to the little guy. We've seen it every single year that they've been doing this stuff. I don't understand how they can sometimes justify these things. Do they watch the games, Joe? 
They do. Uh, you would think, right? Barry Alvarez was on on the committee, right? They, he, he knows football as well as anybody. Now the SI in terms of Wisconsin, but I think it comes down to the money factor, right? Teams like Oklahoma, teams like Georgia, they're going to drive revenue in terms of possibly for bowl scenarios and matchups. And that's what the college football playoff wants. They want eyes on their product. And you're not going to get it consistently with teams like BYU, teams like Cincinnati, teams like Marshall. It's unfortunate because you look at that matchup back in 2006 with Boise State and Oklahoma, that magical moment. It's just that from a consistency level, teams like Oklahoma and Georgia deliver from year to year. And that's why they do it. It's unfortunate, but it's just the nature of the beast at this point. It also seems like the committee made a statement to the conferences that have not played a lot of games yet. Uh, whether it's the Big Ten only playing four so far, you saw Ohio State backed up behind Clemson, you saw Indiana backed up behind those three teams that we mentioned before, and especially, Joe, the Pac-12, who has only played three games. Their two top dogs, Oregon and USC, have not looked good in their wins so far. It seems like they've already buried the Pac-12 at 15 and 18, and they really probably don't have a chance to get up there, even if they do go undefeated. Yeah, they're going to need a magical run now. I was impressed with USC's victory on the road against Jake Bentley in Utah. More impressed with USC than Oregon, but I agree with you. I think what's hurt the Big Ten is teams like Penn State, teams like Michigan, Michigan State, they've been down, down and out. I mean, just completely miserable. So, you know, if Ohio State had the type of resume where you get a victory over Penn State, that maybe was 5-1 and one, or a victory at the end of the year against Michigan, then that solidifies that top five or top four ranking. But that's why they fell, in my opinion, because you look at the Big Ten as a whole, outside of Ohio State, you have Northwestern, you had a team like Indiana, not more key names that the college football playoff is used to. So I think that's what's hurting them as we move on throughout the season, Carver. Now, you always love, Joe, when we get to Thanksgiving weekend, you have the Friday games, you have the rivalry games, you get involved mm -hmm. in, in some really fun stuff. Now, Notre Dame has the marquee <laughs> game on Friday, 340 Eastern. They go to Chapel Hill to take on the Tar Heels. Uh, and, and listen, the road is there for them. North Carolina, Syracuse, Wake Forest win all three games, you get another date with Clemson in the ACC title game and a chance to prove it all over again. But, Joe, can they get out of Chapel Hill on Friday afternoon still undefeated? You know where I'm going with this, Carver. We chatted on <laughs> Twitter. You know, backing, you know I'm backing Sam Howell and the crew. I said it in, in terms of the quarterback matchup. This is the only game that I give the edge for Notre Dame's games Sam Howell and that offense. I, I think just from an explosive aspect, you have to give the edge to those wide receivers of Brown and Newsom, Williams and, and Carter at the running back position. And Sam Howell, 23 touchdown passes, six interceptions, is going to challenge Notre Dame and Ian Book to match them score for score. You can't look at this game like the same type of comparison with DJU making his first career road start. This is a veteran quarterback playing at home that plays a very high explosive up-tempo offense. And if Notre Dame falls behind, which they haven't done all season long, do they have the firepower to play from behind in terms of that road atmosphere? And that's the concern that I have in this matchup. It's a short number, 
under seven points. I'm taking the home dog. I think they strike the upset over the Fighting Irish this coming Saturday. We don't like to hear that, Joe. Now, come on now, the Fighting Irish. Uh, 30 oh, seconds, Joe. The other, would, you, would you agree? Yes, that it's, it's without question. It is their hardest uh, matchup here besides the Clemson game that they have to get to. 20 seconds, Joe. Northwestern now in a very good position last week. They go to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Will that be easy for them? No, no. And this is the first game that Northwestern is a favorite since prior to 2010. They might win, but I love Michigan State as a home dog here, plus the 13 and a half. Great stuff, Joe. Joe Lisi, College Football Today, right here on Sports Grid. We keep rolling. Pharrell, coast to coast, right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we are back in flight, coast to coast. It is Keith Irizarry with you. I'll bring Carver High back on with me as well. So Thanksgiving night. Uh, Carver. We're all fired up. We got Air Force, Colorado State, New Mexico, Utah State. And like 20 minutes ago, we find out we don't have all of that. No, we do not. Uh, as games continue to fall off the board here, Keith, this Colorado State Air Force game is going to get uh, canceled for tomorrow. They've got a COVID issue uh, with the Colorado State program. So that game is off. We do, though, still get the Lobos and the Aggies at night uh and now that there's no Steeler raven game keith we can focus in uh on the aggies and the lobos um i'll tell you this new mexico is a six and a half point road favorite they have lost keith 15 games in a row straight up they have not won a game since early last year and somehow they are six and a half point favorites at utah state now utah state lost a whole bunch of players in the last week Three players uh, went in the transfer portal, three starters uh, on D. So I think that that's part of what's factoring in here. But teams lost 15 games in a row, and I got, and you're going to lay six and a half points with them? I just can't do that, Keith. I, I'm sorry. This is a Utah State uh, getting the points at home for me on turkey night. <laughs> I'm so with you on this one. I know there's upheaval going on right now in Utah State, but with that all being said, how, how do you, you look at a team that's lost 15 in a row? I, I, I can't trust them. I won't trust them. I refuse to trust them. Uh, you're right. I'm rolling with you on Utah State. Now, we do have a good slate on Friday. I give to you four of the better ones. Let's start Iowa State and Texas. Iowa State still very much alive to make the Big 12 title game. They go to Austin uh, right now, minus a half for Texas, 56 and a half total. And Iowa State, has, they're an intriguing team, too, because their running game is awesome. Obviously, Brees Hall is now at least being mentioned in the Heisman watch, right? So got to pay attention to Iowa State for that one. I, I don't love them on the road, but I'm going to take Iowa State to win this game. I like Iowa State staying at least in the national conversation. Let's go Cyclones. Nebraska and Iowa, a traditional uh, Thanksgiving Friday game here. Minus 13 and a half. For the Hawkeyes at home at Kinnick, 
Uh, I love Iowa here. Uh, three and two, they were actually able, Keith, to slide in to the 24th slot on the college football playoff rankings last night. It probably helped um, that their athletic director is the chair of the committee. Yeah, it definitely helps. Uh, 13 and a half feels like a lot of points to yeah. me, but I'm rolling with you. And Nebraska's just, they they haven't shown anything for us to be like, oh, they're turning a corner. Oh, they're going to be okay. Uh, they're a bad football team this year. Give me Iowa. Big game for Notre Dame. I was just talking to Joe Lisi about it. They go to Chapel Hill against North Carolina, minus five and a half for the Irish as they continue, Keith to try to roll to the college football playoff and an eventual ACC title game rematch with Clemson. Do the Irish survive against Howell and the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill? So here's the deal. I was listening to you guys talk about this game, and I came in thinking, all right, Notre Dame going to win this game. It's market down. They are on a path. They know what they're doing. And now both of you guys, you and Joe, show a little bit of, of pause on that. I'm going to tell you this, Carver High. I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm taking them to win. I'm taking them to cover. And I know a couple of weeks ago, I told you that they'd lose to Clemson. Ended up being an overtime thriller, a big win for them. Um, do you feel bad now that I'm saying Notre Dame wins and covers? Like, is this the reverse of what I did no. two weeks ago to you? Uh, no, I think that Notre Dame will win and cover as well. Like, okay. I, this is the toughest game left on their schedule. But North Carolina, Keith... They have not been good in big spots. Like people put them in the top 10 when they were undefeated earlier this year. They laid an egg against Florida State. They laid an egg against Virginia. Uh, it's all fine and good to go and blow out, uh, you know, Duke and to go and play a 65-55 game with Wake Forest. Uh, this is a good football team in Notre Dame. It'll be a tough game for them, but I think that Notre Dame will survive. And they will cover. So you will be right, Keith, on Friday. I can feel it already that the Irish are going to come through. One more from Friday. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, the Beavers and the Ducks. Uh, the Battle of Oregon here. Uh, Oregon has not looked sharp. Uh, last week, they struggled to beat UCLA. The week before that, they needed to come alive in the second half to beat Washington State. Uh, they take on their rival. They are in Corvallis, laying 13 and a half. Oregon State. Simply put, is another bad football team, Oregon, while they've struggled. I know we'll talk a little about USC a little bit later as I come back, kids. Uh, I think that Oregon at times just kind of maybe plays down to some competition and doesn't necessarily rise to the occasion. Uh, the kid Shuck has been good at quarterback, not great. He needs to be better. Oregon wins this game. The number scares me a little bit, but I'll probably take Oregon as the 13.5-point favorite. Saturday slate, we've got Ohio State uh, off the win against Indiana, laying another big number, 27-and-a-half in Champaign against Illinois, who just beat up on Nebraska last week. Again, large numbers. They scare me a little bit, but Ohio State is going to bounce back from last week. And, and check it out. And I talked to you guys about this on Monday, Is that and, and Ryan Day, we had the sound that we played on Monday. Sometimes a close game against a good team is a good thing for the Buckeyes and for Justin Fields to have a little bit of a, a blemish on their record and then not take, not actually get the loss for it. I think that's good. I think they'll watch tape all week long. They'll figure out what they did wrong. They had the double digit advantage in that game. Michael Penix isn't playing for Illinois, so they don't have to worry about that. Ohio State wins. They cover. They go. They, they run away with this one. Is this the week, Keith, that the Penn State Nittany Lions get off the deck and finally get a win? They go to Michigan. Of course, the Wolverines 
had their own adventure last week, a four-overtime win over Rutgers in Piscataway. This was like one of the featured games when the Big Ten schedule came out, Keith. Penn State at Michigan, Thanksgiving weekend. And let's be fair, the game now means not a lot. (laughs) Penn State is 0-5. How do you start a year the top 10 in all major polls and go 0-5? And what you prove is that loss to Indiana early on in, in what week one wasn't a fluke. You're just not good at football. And, um, you know, Franklin is proving he's maybe not as good of a coach as people wanted to believe he was a year, two, three years ago. Michigan is bad at football also. This goes back to, you know, uh, Pharrell has a line, right? When when there's two bad football teams, you end yes. up getting a good football game and it's it, it <laughs> yes. maybe a more fun game to, to gamble on. For the sake of my household, okay? My wife went to Penn State, and while she's not, she doesn't sit and watch every single Penn State game, but if we have nothing else going on and we have the ability to, she will sit with me and my sons and watch Penn State games. She always watches the big games. This would be a game that we watch. So so for the sake of my household, Penn State has to win this football game. They cannot go 0-6. So I'm betting with my heart, which is always wrong. Let's go Penn State. Florida is rolling right now. Kyle Trask at the top of the Heisman rankings in most places. Ma, they are 22.5-point favorites at the Swamp against Kentucky, who got absolutely annihilated by Alabama last week. Does Florida do the same thing? Yeah, they do it again. Remember two years ago when uh, Wilson, the quarterback for Kentucky, had this Wildcats team starting to believe that they were a football program, a football school, and not just a basketball school. Kentucky has gone back to where they belong. Uh, Unfortunately, they're not a football school. They're they're fun. They're active. Um, They won't win this game, and I don't even think they keep it close. I think Kyle Trask, too, when, when you look at Florida also, Now at number six, they know where they sit. They're right behind Texas A&M. And when push comes to shove, they need to win games decisively. And that's what these rankings do, right? And I know the committees will sometimes say yes or no, whether or not they actually care about margin of victory. It's more about the strength of schedule. And this one doesn't help your SOS necessarily. But what it does help is if Florida wins this game 50 to, 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 I don't know, 17, that looks like a dominant performance. And if Kyle Trask continues to put up Joe Burrow type of Heisman numbers, that helps them as well. And I think the committee looks higher on that one too. So I don't think Florida takes their foot off the gas at all. I think they uh, pedal to the metal and they go for it. Northwestern now in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten West. If they can stay undefeated, now they only need to win one more game and they will win the Big Ten West, and they will play most likely Ohio State. But getting there undefeated and making that game really juicy, the first leg that they have to get through is this Saturday in East Lansing against the Spartans of Michigan State. Northwestern minus 13-and-a-half road favorites. You heard Joe Lisi say he thinks that the Spartans might give Northwestern a hard time, Keith. Yeah, Michigan State is one of those just feisty teams, right? They, they've they had a few a few games this year where they've they've, you know, Come close. They've got the one win on the season. Uh, they're not as talented 
as and, Northwestern. Northwestern does a little bit of everything just well enough. Now, Northwestern, listen, they could end up running the table and end up in the college football playoffs. I don't in particular see it. I think ultimately if they faced off against Ohio State, I think Ohio State beats them and beats them rather handedly. Uh, Northwestern holds their own destiny. They win this game. I don't think they cover. I, I don't think they cover this one. I'll give you these last four kind of as a combo here, uh, Keith. Uh, we've got Auburn and Alabama. We have the Nick Saban situation with Alabama right now where he has tested positive for COVID again. Texas A&M now sitting at number five in the playoff ranking. They host LSU 14.5-point favorites. Clemson finally going to get Trevor Lawrence back on the field after he missed two games and they didn't play last week. 23.5 hosting Pittsburgh and USC 10.5-point favorites against the Colorado Buffaloes. All right, let's go backwards. USC wins that game. They win it easily. Even though they're the cardiac kids, they win easily. Pitt and Clemson. Clemson blows out Pittsburgh. Trevor Lawrence goes off. He dominates in this one. Let's go to Texas A&M and LSU and Carver High. Here is a case of LSU has been beating up on teams in the SEC over the last 10 years, right? They've had multiple players go to the NFL and Heisman winners in Joe Burrow and wide receivers that have gone on to dominant NFL careers and national championship runs and college football playoff runs. Texas A&M will remember all of that. They will win this game and they will not feel bad about winning it in a big fashion. Over to the Iron Bowl. Definitely some of the luster comes off of this one because Nick Saban won't be their number one in the land. Alabama, you got Auburn, a top 25 team, and Auburn has, has seen their fair share of ups and downs this season. It's a large, robust number. I do not think Alabama blows out Auburn. Uh, I like Auburn in this one. Alabama will win, but I, I think I like Auburn here. I, I do too. Uh, I think the 24 and a half is a decent spot to get Auburn in. And just to go back to Clemson, you know, Keith, that Dabo, with all the comments this week, how mad they are that they didn't play that Florida State game, he's coming out on Saturday against Pitt, and he's letting the dogs go. You go ahead. He's running that game up. And not only that, Keith, Lawrence now sees that he's no longer one of the favorites for the Heisman, and he could have a nice 400-yard, six-touchdown performance to shoot him back into that conversation. I think this is a big win for Clemson. Yeah, and it's also about Clemson getting ready for a potential run at a national championship, right? Like, you need Trevor Lawrence. We saw in the NFL, and I know it, it maybe not the direct comparison, but Cam Newton still talks about having that foggy nature, right? That that foggy feeling after COVID. And, and we was sluggish getting back out of the gate. Trevor Lawrence needs to kind of get those cobwebs away throw that away you're right throw his name back into the heisman hunt uh it probably a little bit too late probably not going to have enough games but I, I think clemson goes out and absolutely dominates this game i unfortunately i think we see a bunch of blowouts this weekend where the dominant team imposes their will and, and end up pulling away from uh, where the other teams are sitting we got a lot more to do right here it is coast to coast i am keith Arizari. don't go anywhere sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
How about that? We are winding it down as we near in on 6 o'clock Eastern time. Oh, my goodness. What a week this has been as we are getting ready for Thanksgiving. We've talked about our food. We've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. You know what I'm thankful for? College Hoops being back. And guys like Cade Cunningham, it's going to be fun to watch him play uh, NCAA-wise. Oklahoma State, I know he, he, he spurned all the Blue Bloods. But I'm down for that. Luca Garza in Iowa who came up as the uh, the second in, in the voting last year for player of the year. A lot of people thought he would have went pro. I think Iowa is going to be a lot of, lot of fun. Another freshman I'm intrigued by, I go to Florida State because we've seen them now put numerous players into the NBA and be ready for their take into the NBA. And now you got Scotty Barnes, who Leonard Hamilton said, and I, and I quote, he is a mix of Magic Johnson and Scotty Pippen. Carver High. How cool is that when a coach says you are a mix of Magic Johnson and Scotty Pippen? I mean, geez, you couldn't get him to Michael Jordan or LeBron James. I mean, you couldn't go a little bit high. <laughs> no, no, that's that is uh, that's pretty uh, tall order stuff. And and I think Florida State very sneaky uh, here this year, Keith. In fact, last night I was looking at the futures for the ACC to win the regular season. They were like plus five hundred. They were like the third choice. You never know in a year like this with crazy things happening. Florida State could win the ACC. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Love Gonzaga this year. They've got freshmen. They've got transfers. They've got everybody. Baylor returns four starters. Villanova returns four starters. Uh, Virginia has the kid Hauser, the transfer from Marquette. Illinois is one of those teams that's pretty talented and plays ridiculously hard as well. I think this college basketball season, if we can have not too many hiccups, going to be a lot of fun. And there is some star power out there. That'll do it for us on Coast to Coast for Mafia Carver High and Ty. I am Keith Arizari. Remember, if you can't trust me, how can you trust yourself? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Enjoy, eat, and be safe. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.